Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. Today, we have asked back Christine Smith, the co-founder, managing partner for Ripple FX. She's also the director of communication for Flight Creative Group and a broker for Guardian Life. Welcome back, Christine. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Karen. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciated it. I enjoyed our conversation. And can you believe it's been eight months? I, I looked yeah. back to see when it was because I thought it was, you know, maybe three or four months ago. Right. Eight months ago. I, I can't believe how fast time is flying right now. Well, right. It, it's flying, but it's also going really slow. Did you yeah. feel like the both? Uh, it's like. I mean, I just look at like, um, I mean, you know, obviously we're just talking about my daughter and, you know, she's four and I'm like, how, how do I have a four-year-old? <laughs> like, I can't believe, like how much time is fast. And, you know, even little things like the weather, right. I feel like certain times of the year, it's a complete blur. Like when it's really cold and I'm like, I don't want to be outside. And, um, you know, I'm looking outside and there's no snow as of this moment. Right. And, um, I'm like, Oh, the weather's getting warmer and we're getting these longer stints of 50 degree weather. And pretty soon it's going to be, you know, 70 outside. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much time just, I feel like I don't always have track of it. I, I don't uh, COVID has helped in pre COVID post COVID. <laughs> like I, I feel like that I can use yeah. that as sort of a, an idea of when things have occurred. But when you talk about it, having a four-year-old, I have a 19 year old and a 16 year old and the 16 year old is, is learning how to drive now. And that'll be the last one. And yeah, you know, the younger years seem to be like, Oh, are we ever going to get through this phase of whatever that phase was? Uh, but then all of a sudden you blink and they're going to college and you're like, what happened? I, I don't feel any older than I did when I had the four-year-old, <laughs> but, but they remind me every day that I, I guess I am a little bit older. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, before we like dig really deep into conversation, I just, I looked at your LinkedIn profile and there's a couple things on there that just kind of popped out at me. And I think are really interesting because that's what you want. You want a profile that makes you stop and say, Hmm, I want to get to know this person. So you have, what's your whiplash statement. And, and I stopped and I thought about that. No, I have not come up with my own yet, (laughs) but I want to ask you, what is your whiplash statement? So my whiplash statement is I am the Obi-Wan Kenobi of networking. Oh, Oh, okay. I gotcha. And do you feel like the whiplash statement is is sort of the condensed version of um, the elevator pitch. It's the, it's so, much shorter. Um, it's much shorter. So it's actually something that I, I just like came up with um, a couple months ago at an event. And I was talking about how, 
you know, first impressions are, are hugely important and everyone is so programmed with the elevator pitches. They're not even realizing how people are actually reacting to things. People are usually just programmed to, to not even listen, just to know when somebody stops so that they can say theirs. Right. And I'm like, have you ever considered saying something that causes people to actually react and react in such a way that they're intrigued and they want to have a conversation with you, not uh, now I got to walk away and figure out how to get out of this conversation because this person is just pitching me. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I really hate the word, uh, 30 second elevator pitch that phrase, because that is only geared towards one thing, a sale. That's it. There is no programming for relationship building. There's no programming for opportunity. It is literally for that one thing. And I'm like, there has to be other ways for us to concisely get our information out there in a way that's going to stick with somebody. Right. And a whiplash statement kind of came up with that because you want to cause that exact, like what? (laughs) I've never heard that before. Right. Yes. Yes. And I did it when I was a financial advisor, I I had like a whiplash statement. I was like, you know, I help people, um, you know, become financially confident. I help people get out of debt. I like working with people that have a lot of debt. People are like, wait, what? Like, I've never heard that before. And like, I know that's why I say it <laughs> and everyone can do it. Right. And it's not necessarily, you say what it is that you do. So if you're a financial advisor, your whiplash statement wouldn't be, well, I'm a financial advisor. You think about what is the visual that can encapsulate, 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 caps. I can't say the words, whatever. Um, <laughs> that kind of encompasses everything that you are as a person and maybe Mm -hmm. offers this visual trick. So it could be a comparison, like you are the Yoda of real estate. You are, you know, the Tony Robbins of, you know, legal shield, like those types of quick things. Um, Actually, I just did this for uh, Tammy Duquette. So her company is Dream Vacations. She helps people plan their amazing vacations. I've literally had her do this for me. It's amazing. <laughs> and we had this exact discussion in one of our Ripple Effects uh, idea audits. And we had the discussion about how to build a whiplash statement. I even taught a workshop about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can we pull in some really unique keywords with what it is that you do? And how someone would envision, like, what is the reaction after you've planned a vacation for them, Right. And so we started coming up with keywords and passport kept coming up a lot. And I was like, that's what I think of when travel, right? The passport. And I was like, what about passport for dreams? And I think that was what we ended up coming up with for her. Ah. And I've seen her use it now. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad. (laughs) But it's quick and it's concise. Like I am the passport for your dream, right? Yeah. it's so easy because you're like, well, wait, what does that mean? I want to know more, right? And yes. anyone who listens to this podcast is like, wait, now I need to get to know who Tammy is, right? I, I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about my own, trying to figure out what could I compare myself to. And then I'm also thinking about when I teach students about that introduction, that first introduction, what do you say? And, and filling out their profile, you know, what is that tagline that they should be using? So mm-hmm. they can be more creative. Um, right. It, and, it, and that's what it ripples. hundred <laughs> percent. It absolutely yeah. does. And that's the other thing too, right? Like, so, so thinking about how, how people hear things and where it goes from there. Right. So mm-hmm. in theory, at least this is how I see this in my brain. If you have a really good whiplash statement, your 30 second elevator pitch isn't going to matter because that is strictly for sales purposes. Your whiplash statement is to open that door of opportunity. That's not just sales related with whoever is going to hear it. Yeah. And that includes yeah. 
adding it to under your profile in LinkedIn. So anyone can see it, right. It stopped you and we know each other, right. 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 And being able to see like, wow, what is this person offering? And they, they have to dig, right. You want people to dig because then they find things. And if they still want to have a conversation with you, you know, they're interested potentially in being your client or they're interested in connecting with you for other quality potential reasons. But it's getting out of that mindset that every time I talk and open my mouth, it should be to sell something. No, you need to actually get in the habit of having conversations that are, you know, professional, insightful, and intriguing because you're going to unnaturally attract people who want to have a conversation and want to be surrounded by you because you're doing things that are differently. And I think there's a lot of people out there who try and you know operate their business. They're like, well, I want to think outside the box, I want to do things differently. And I'm like, you're not saying anything different. Right. You're literally saying the same tracks that everyone else is saying. So whiplash statement causes you to fine tune what those words are. What are the keywords of your business? What's important to you? Can you actually make that into a quick statement? So if you are on a podcast, you're talking to somebody, what do you do? Well, I'm the Obi-Wan Kenobi of networking. People are always going to pause. Usually one of two comments. You must really like Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. What does that mean, right? Yeah. And then I know, okay, based on those two responses, I already have the program of what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, well, what do you think it means? What do you think I do? Do you know what I do? Have you heard about what I do, right? And I think people are just too programmed to be like, okay, it has to go this way because that's what I was told. No, it doesn't. And I, I think that's the old-fashioned sales pitchy way of doing things. And this is oh. the new, renewed, um, and intentionally trying to develop that relationship first. Um, now, you know, so when I asked you the question, what's your whiplash? I'm thinking, okay, she's going to say like one of two things. I thought you might go with the purple hair bacon lover, but, <laughs> but you decided you decided to go with Obi-Wan, but that's okay. But either one of those, you stop and you think, what? Right. who is this person? <laughs> so right. so it, it works. It catches people's attention. And, and right. I get that. Um, so for those that may not have caught that um, great podcast eight months ago, um, do you think that you could just kind of, reiterate, you know, how you got to where you are today. Why do you focus on networking? And, and I think since we last um, talked, that creative uh, group is new. You, you weren't the director at that point. So Mm -hmm. if you could kind of um, get us up to speed as to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my partner with Ripple Effects owns a marketing firm and with his partner and, uh, we've kind of talked about, you know, me kind of coming on board and I was like, nah, 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 you know, <laughs> like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Right. Even though I have like 17, you know, I have like 15, 17 years of marketing experience. Like I've done, you know, pretty much graphic design, web stuff. Like I've done it all. Been there, done that. Um, and I was like, ah, I just don't know if I want to do that. And I was in between, like, I don't do just one thing. Like I just can't. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'll try it. They had a, they had a gap that they needed to fill. And I just was like, well, maybe I'll help with that for a little while. I'm just going to see what happens. And I mean, I'm really good at marketing strategy. Like (laughs) 
<laughs> that is literally what I do all the time, right? With social media and just planning those things out. And um, so it's just really easy for me to correlate that to a client. Um, and that was just kind of a gap they wanted to fill. So it was just really kind of a natural fit. And I handle a lot of marketing strategy and specifically social strategy. So I actually handle building out what the copy is, what the visual potentially could look like. And then the rest of my team takes on deployment and de- designing. And then we handle websites and things like that too, which again, like requires planning, right? Like people just post willy nilly or, you know, they do things unintentional on their website that could potentially hurt their ratings, their SEO tracks, like all of those things. Um, so it's really cool. Like ripple effects ties in super nicely with flight creative because the things that I'm doing with ripple, tie back to flight and then a flight ties, ties back to ribble because people always need stuff. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I, we do this, I can help you with that. Or if I can refer you to somebody else who does, um, I don't have to sell myself. Like <laughs> so nice. Like people know me and they're like, oh, you do this? okay, well now I'm just going to, you know, go with you. because I know you. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, which is super convenient. Um, and, and same thing with like, um, the advisor that I do work for. So I I'm broker with guardian and I can still handle, you know, people's financials, um, or debt or, you know, life insurance. I just, it's just not really a focus anymore. Um, but the advisor that I do a lot of work with, um, and helping him just, again, funneling people to him, like, here's the person you need to go to. Here's the person that's going to help you with your business strategy and exit your business and all that financial stuff. It's just, everything loops in super nicely, um, and I feel like I'm a really great resource. Like I am somebody people need to know because I do know any, everybody yeah. <laughs> and I have the resources just to be like, hold on a second. Let me flip through. <laughs> who, should I, who should I introduce you to in this, in this category? Um, so yeah. And it's been nice to help grow ripple effects and, and kind of fine tune, you know, who we really want in our community. Um, that's definitely, I mean, it hasn't like changed to the point where like, we don't let people in, but I'm like very particular on who I'm looking for. And that's been fine tuned over the last, you know, since like the last time, yeah. um, we chatted, um, and just really trying to figure out where, like the direction that we're going, like we just incorporated, um, a monthly group we can do weekly, which I look at that and I'm like, you should be doing weekly. But not everybody has, you know, that, that as a priority, they just can't like whatever the situation is. Um, but you should be networking minimally once a month. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing something once a month. Right. So we have a monthly option now. Um, I actually have like 20 people checking it out in, into the, the next one. That's two weeks. Um, so I think that's going to grow into, we're going to probably have to add another group. Um, and then we just opened up a college option, which I'm still trying to fine tune. Um, and that was after having conversations with, you know, people who are dealing with college students and high school students, there's a very large gap, a massive gap right now, like huge, huge. It's so huge. And I was like, okay, well, let's just offer a membership. And then I was like, Oh, that's not going to work either because college students aren't going to be like seeking that stuff out. They don't know they need to seek that stuff out. So I think right. the transition is going to be having a workshop that the school BOCES intern programs would hire us for. And then saying, if you want to keep this going to keep you accountable, apply what you've learned, get real life experience. And I, I know I'm curious if we could even offer some sort of intern type credit for professionals that are going to college for like marketing or business hmm. um, to be in this group. I'm curious if that would be even possible because they would be working alongside other 
Ripple Effects members who are business owners uh-huh. and they would be helping them have conversations with other professionals, having conversations about jobs, having conversations about their resume, how to connect with each other, to go to things like just having these different conversations I know is not happening. It's just not happening at all. And rather than say, well, they'll figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. Why have them lose five, 10 years of their lives trying to figure this out when we can just have it right there. So yes trying to figure out where, where to fine tune that gap. Um, so I can literally get in, even if it's just me doing a workshop once a month at, you know, some of these colleges, um, I think it could be hugely beneficial for that. So we need to talk about that, um, outside the podcast as well, because, um, I, I instruct at Damon college and they have to take my classes and it's preparing them to graduate. So it's figuring out, are you in the right um, area, specialty, uh, mm-hmm. major? Are you, are you, do you know what you want to do with that? What I was finding with my career coaching where people were coming to me, coming out of college with their degree and didn't want to use it, didn't, and, and they either didn't want to use it. And I thought, wait a minute, why didn't you have that conversation four years ago before you got in there or along the way somewhere um, or those that had the degree, but didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And and they didn't know. So, so some of the things um, that we have kind of put into place is they have to take a series of classes before they graduate. And, and in those series of classes, one is they figure out what they want to do. Um, The other one is they have to do an internship. And then the other one is just before they graduate which really focuses on their LinkedIn profile, their resume, informational interviewing. They have to attend a networking event that I put on um, to get them exposed to going up to somebody and talking to them because they've never had to do that before. And and the, the worst thing to do is graduate and then go to some function, a seminar or anything, and then not know how to just say hello to people and talk. So oh I gosh. did, I, one, yeah, one of my questions for you was, tell us a little bit about this new thing for college students, because I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it came out of a conversation I had with Laura Marks, who, oh, she's the president and CEO of Sponsor a Scholar. And I really love her program. I think it's fantastic. She does work with, you know, high school students as well. And we were just talking about something kind of unrelated, but it was in the marketing realm or networking realm. And mm-hmm. I had been referred to her multiple times to teach her networking workshop that she wanted to do. And I was like, hey, we've introduced like four times. <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy to teach this for you. You know, don't, I don't, I'm not going to charge for it. Like, I'm happy to do that. And then we got it, kind of got chatting. And I was like, you know, there's nothing for students. And I was like, huh. And, and I do like workshops with Sienna quite frequently. I do a financial one and then we're trying to build out actually out a networking one that incorporates like an in-person, like people actually get to use what they learned. Cause I've done mm-hmm. that already. Yep. Um, I did it for a national conference for guardian. And um, I, I started realizing, I'm like, this is way bigger than just having, you know, a, a workshop, right? Like they, you know, just, just 
trying to remember me at 18 and like, okay, what if somebody had told me how to have better conversations? What if someone told me how to actually present myself in my brand, regardless of where I worked at the time? What would that have done for me professionally and personally, honestly? And just seeing how people are 10, 15, 20 years later without having that data, right? Or no one actually encouraging those things, encouraging them to think outside the box, encouraging them to be themselves, supporting them on those things too. I think that's the biggest factor with networking that people don't understand. You have no idea the type of support that comes with having the right community behind you. It is unmeasurable to have people you can call, even in a professional setting, that are going to be there if you need something. Yeah, it, 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 it provides this power you didn't even know you had. Right. And it allows you to quit a job. It allows you to leave a relationship. It allows you to try new things because you're like, well, if it doesn't work, I got 25 people I can call that are going to help me find a new job. Yeah. Or, or do whatever it is that they want. And right. you know, what, what kind of power, how, how do we transfer this <laughs> in, in, in a concise form to a college student or somebody who's 16 or 17 years old and still trying to figure out where they want to be in life and give them opportunities and access to resources, skills, experience, and things that everyone else has already done mm-hmm. and say, Hey, here's some things. Let's check it out. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if this is even a good fit for you. And I mean, I wish I had those conversations from my guidance counselor. I, I wish oh. <laughs> about like engineering or, yes. well, you know, based on the things that you've done, we think you could be a teacher cool. I'm glad I can be a teacher. I'm a great teacher, but do I want to be in a school teaching kids? No. Would I be good at it? Yeah. That's not going to make me happy though. And based on even like, because at the time how they delegated what type of job you should do was based on your test scores and they had scores related to job function. And I remember like no one ever discussed, like I was very good I was very creative. I was very good at art. No one said anything outside of being an art teacher. No one offered graphic design, interior design, architecture, none of that stuff. Wow. Um, or even exploring like marketing. All of this stuff I developed by doing it myself. I was the one that submerged myself. Okay, well, let me go um, you know, interview somebody who's in this field and see if I like it. I wanted to be, I actually wanted to do um, uh, forensics. Still love forensics. Still think it's fascinating. My dad was in the military. He had some connections. I went on a tour at the Albany Forensics Lab. I don't know if they still do tours, but I did that at the time at like 17. Walked through the whole place. Super cool. And I told my mom, like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) This is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Like other people. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be an FBI agent or detective. So my dad knew somebody in the FBI. So I got to talk with him about like, what's, what's it like? And um, obviously it's a very male dominated field yeah. and, you know, considering being a cop, it's going to be a cop first and like go through that. And, and I was worried that it would change me as a person emotionally because of coming across things you're, you're with people on their worst day. You're, you're seeing things that the average person will never experience or see like, you know, TV does nothing compared to what it's like in real life to see those things. Right. right yeah. So I didn't do that. Cause I was worried I wouldn't be able to handle the emotional capacity that that comes with. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I went to my other strengths. I was really good at math and science. I went to the other side. Okay. You know, what is art going to get me outside of being an art teacher, which I didn't want to do. Um, and I was like, I don't think Byron's good enough to sell. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going to get me a good living. So I went into interior design originally oh, yeah. and 
all of the colleges that I applied to didn't really have an interior design program. The ones that did, I remember at the time, just to call it, it, I mean, college is so expensive now, like it was expensive then. And I remember being like, I don't want to be in this much debt. Like I was thinking, Mm. I don't know why I was thinking about this when I'm, you know, 17, 18 years old, but I'm so glad I was. Yeah. I don't know if my parents kind of were like, Hey, you're going to have to figure this out. (laughs) I don't want all that debt. Um, And then I ended up changing, changing my major when I went, when I ended up going to school, I went to a community college first because I pretty much had a free ride. Um, And they didn't have an interior design program because it was such a small, you know, such a small community college, but I ended up going into graphics because that was really the only option that they had. And I remember at the time being like, I hate computers. I don't want anything to do with computers. (laughs) And then by the time I graduated, I loved graphics and like I had gotten a, um, a job working for a, a small publication. Like I was not only selling the ads, but I was designing the ads for huh. people. So like I would go to a client and it would be like a beer store. Okay. Hey, you know what, what you want to buy this one for $150 a month. Great. All right. Well, here's what I think we should do. Go home, go on in, InDesign or Photoshop or whatever, and put everything together, bring back, Hey, here's your ad proof. What do you think? Okay, great. I'll take your check and send it back into the, to the publication. Um, so it was super cool. And then by the time I graduated, um, I had taken some marketing and sales courses. I had I had a year, pretty much a year done when I started college because I took college oh. in school, okay. um, which was very convenient. But they gave me a lot of like fluff classes because I had a lot done already. They're like, well, we don't have anything left for you in your major. <laughs> Here you go. Um, but that was really helpful in figuring out direction because I got to try these extra courses I wouldn't under normal circumstances be able to try. And I really liked marketing because it was creative, but it allowed me to be personable with people, I guess. And I got to kind of take a touch on sales. And then it just kind of went from there. Like my next degree was still in marketing, but I got more business and economics and that sort of thing. And I use my degree every day. (laughs) Well, you know what? The the things that you went through early on and the help of your father introducing you to people who were doing things is really key. And, and like for my class, they have to do an informational interview and they have to call on somebody that they don't know. So they have to find somebody on LinkedIn and they have to reach them out and say, Hey, would you mind if I interviewed you about what you do? Um, that process of talking, I, I've got a 19 year old son right now who thought for sure he knew what he was going to do, go to college. And so he went into college and he started in that degree and he's like, no, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life, just like you. And so he switched over to something that's allowing him to try other things. But in the meantime, he's talked to me about, you know, all different types of things that aren't really related to each other. And I have found people in those fields and said, you need to talk to them. So right. he, t- he has conversations like you did just to see if something sparks and, and it'll take, you know, it'll take many different conversations until one thing hits or right. it takes a class and it just connects. So that's what I think a lot of students are missing is that interaction. And, you know, the other thing, when you were talking about that, um, I think students nowadays have really um, gone the other way when it comes to communication because of the phone. So they can text like nobody's business, but can they call somebody up and just have a conversation with them? They don't do that anymore. They don't call their friends. They text their friends. No. no. And, I, and I think it's hard too, because um, there's the stigma both ways, right? So you have the generation that is 
their communication style has changed. And then you have the other generation that's like, well, just stop doing that. It's that easy. And I'm like, it's not though. There, you have to find a way to bridge the gap. And I think, I think they're also like, there's an addiction to it to a degree, right? That's just sure. the norm for them. Yep. They don't know how to bridge the gap because they're also probably afraid to have conversations. They don't feel good enough. They don't have enough self-esteem. They're not self-aware enough to know that they don't have those things. Right. And they're like, well, what am I going to talk about with somebody who's been in business for 30 years? Absolutely. Common with them. Right. And that I feel like is such a detrimental to somebody like they would take a job that they shouldn't be taking simply because they couldn't speak up. And I'm like, you know, again, the whole networking conversation is just way more than networking. It's, it's that communications and, and being able to set those boundaries and have people that support you and being able to articulate, well, what is the, the support that you actually need? And, oh, what, is it a connection? Is it a resource? Is it a skill that you're trying to figure out or you need somebody to do for you? Um, they just have no understanding. And I mean, to be honest, like a lot of people can't do that, even if they've been in the business world for a long period of time, they have no way of, you know, being able to do that in, in such a way that the average person can understand. But yeah, I, I, I would love to figure out how to bridge that gap more. So less, less people coming into the world, because what I think people don't realize about the people coming into our workforce right now, they're going to be here taking over positions at some point in the future. We're going to be retiring. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so. Right? Like, I need to make sure that we're handing off the workforce in such a way that we have reliable people coming in and they know how to, doesn't mean that the, the way of the thing, way of the world won't be modernized, but, and I think it's good, you know, that things are being modernized, right? How they do things is going to be different than how we did things, right? Mm-hmm. But they need to be comfortable getting into these positions because some of these people are going to be taking care of us when we're older and in one degree or another, right? They might be my CPA in the future in 40 years, or they might be my realtor in 40 years. Um, they need to be able to have these conversations and they're, they're not going to learn it through trial and error. That's going to take too long. Right, right. No, I totally agree. So if is the Ripple FX um, for college students up and running or is it still in, in the process? It exists. I mean, the the um, the group is open. I mean, people, okay. college students can join. It's 10 bucks a month. How um, do they do that? Where do they go? They can go right to our website. Um, it's rippleeffects.us forward slash and then y dash join, I think is the actual domain URL. Um and then Kathy, uh, Catherine Shadewald from Deliver Workforce Solutions is going to be one of the team leaders of that group. And I will probably be in that group as well. The group will meet twice a month. We'll just have a scheduled, you know, it'll be the first and second Thursday or whatever. Um, and then I think the group will max out at 15 uh, students and they can be in up the, they can be in that group up to six months after they graduate. So if they haven't found a job yet. Um, and they've graduated, they can still actually be in the group. The idea would be that they would transition into a regular, you know, ripple effects membership, but um, the, the conversations would be about like, who are you meeting with? What are you working on? What do you need help with? How do we help each other? How do we share the resources? So it's going to take some time to get that process going, but Mm -hmm. I think it'll just spread like wildfire because these students are going to be way more confident and they have you know, myself and other Ripple Effects members to lean on because other Ripple Effects members can join that group um, that might 
like we're, we're talking like, you know, some recruiters, HR people, people that would, that would have a benefit in interacting with students at, of that age. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, an Affleck's benefits person is probably not going to, you know, unless they're looking to recruit that person. Right. Um, but you never know, right? Like you don't know who's going to be a benefit for you and you don't know what kind of skills these people have. I mean, you know, we might meet somebody who's 23 years old and we're like, you need to start your own business. Like you need to be a virtual assistant because you're great at blah, 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 blah. Right. And okay, well, let me set you up with this person and this person so you can get that started. And, you know, how about you shadow them for, for two months and they need to, you know, be an intern with them and see if that works for you. Right. Like there's so many different things that I feel like that they'll have the opportunity to be a part of, but bridging that gap to get students to sign up is what I, you know, I didn't consider that right. Like, okay. The average student that's 18, 22, like they're not thinking about this stuff. They don't know anything about this stuff. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's us, it's the parents, it's, you know, the professors, it's, you know, the internship career coaches, all that stuff. Well, Uh, and it's making it part of the curriculum. Yeah. I I think that's, what's going to have to happen either. Um, I had talked with somebody from the New York state State department of education a couple of years ago, and she was just kind of, we were just kind of like shooting ideas back and forth. And I was like, you know, I think what's going to have to happen is, well, I'd love to be teaching at a school. Like this is just a course <laughs> that we teach at different colleges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a consultant, right? This is a course. We just offer it. They only have to come for one month and they're done with it, right? Like it's not even a full semester. Um, I think that would be an option or it turns into a course like the college buys that the students can do virtually, um, like they can do it on their own. But my concern with that is it's not going to be enough. Like they really need the human component with this yes. um, yep. and be able to actually implement um, whether virtually or in person, because, you know, not all of them are going to be doing things in person based on their job. So I think it's a great idea. I, I know that when I talk to people about what I do um, at Damon, they're like, I wish I had those courses when I was in college. And when you think about how many colleges there are just in your area, just in my area, and then multiply that by every town, every state across the country, all these students need those things. They, they all do. And, and what surprises me is that, stu- that schools don't offer these. And, and this is like learning how to do your checkbook. This is something that you have to learn how yeah. to do. I mean, it's successful. I think it's capacity stuff. Like, I mean, this is, this is why, like I have professors from Siena, they're like, Hey, can you come teach my class, you know, general finance stuff. And the things I'm talking about, I'm not talking about checkbook stuff. I'm literally talking about how do you read your pay stuff? Do you know the difference between auto insurance, life insurance, and disability insurance? Do you understand how those things work? How much money should you be saving? What kind of retirement stuff should you be considering right now? How do you negotiate with a job? Like, the, you know, these are conversations that, you know, we all agree that should be happening, but they're not. And I don't know, like, is the line, should, should colleges be responsible for these things? I would say no, but then there's a gray area, right? Like, I think colleges would have a higher turnaround of student success and student retention for future. Like, hey, our college offers these things. How do we separate ourselves? We offer these courses, right? Like, I would send my kid to that versus the college that didn't do that, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if they're looking at it that way. And I also think it's just especially with a lot, you know, things that have happened in the last couple of years. They just they may not have the capacity to think about that. We, you know, we don't want to deal with it. I don't have an MBA. So it kind of shuts me down. Unfortunately, like I can't just go teach at a college and make my way in that way, in that way. And say, well, I'm just going to start offering this course now. And it's attached to marketing and business and we'll just do it that way. Right. Like I can't. So 
I have to rely on either the other people to have me come in and teach their class for a day or work with the college and have me come in on a consultant level to teach their entire, like a specific grade. I've done that a couple of times at CNI. I did a whole, I've taught their a couple senior classes I've done. Like all of them, we would be in a room, we would have a workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, that those are financial related, but I would do the same thing for networking. And it should be a series. It shouldn't just be a one-time no. thing. There's a lot of information. Um, you know, it should be done like at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, you start with freshmen, you do it with seniors. Um, they hear it multiple times, they'll get it and they'll be able to yep. apply it. Well, it's interesting when I see sophomores coming in and I have conversations with them and then I see them throughout and then see them in senior year, what a change. So they're ready, you know, and they all get there at a different time. So right. I can have sophomores that are ready to go and they would be excellent, like just go out there into the world. And in the seniors, there might be some that still need a little bit more extra time. So right. it it really is interesting to watch them grow. but. I absolutely think that you've, you're onto something. So, um, you know, don't let that go <laughs> because I really think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So I want to go back a little bit to your LinkedIn profile again. Um, what I've noticed, and cause you have a lot on your profile. So, but what I notice is, you know, you are very intentional about like how you do things. So you don't just post something and throw it out there and see if it sticks you are, you are very careful. And for one example, what I've been noticing on Sundays, I think it's on Sundays, generally, um, you post the jar of thankfulness. And I, I just, you know, I think it's a great idea. Because life is going by so fast for all of us, you know, our days, I like, I can't believe it's Thursday already. Like, right. where did my days go? And, and we don't stop and smell the roses. We don't, appreciate the moments as they're coming along. We just have to get to the next thing. So maybe I've just answered my own question, but where did the idea come from? Um, I think it came from just like conversations like this, right? You know, trying to, we, we, we all operate at hyperspeed. And especially if you have multiple things going on, you know, one day blurs into the next and then all of a sudden it's three years later and you have two more kids and you have another business that you got to take care of. And there's all these other things, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I learned, and, and this is just from like, you know, traveling here and there, like I don't, I don't travel all over the world, but you know, you get to see and feel other places here and there and not everybody has the things that you have. And I, we all complain about stuff. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Doesn't mean I'm not going to have those days where I I should be allowed to do that. But I also need to put myself in a position where I'm grateful for the things that have happened to me. I'm grateful for the things, even bad things that have happened to me because I was able to use that as fuel for something else. Right. The silver lining, all of that. And just kind of taking a moment to slow down and really think about like what I'm thankful for, even if it's just one thing that day. Sundays is just kind of a good day, right? Like, um, I don't, I, I try to do it every day, but it just, it doesn't work out that way. So just doing it once a week, that's my day once a week. Right. And I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'll just invite other people to do this and just kind of refresh and start the week out. Right. And be like, Hey, listen, doesn't matter what went wrong. Here are the things that went right. Here are the things that are moving me forward. Here's who's moving me forward. Here's what's moving me forward. Um, it's not all bad. Like it, you're going to get to where you want to go. So I think just kind of, I, I just liked the the slowing down thing. Cause I'm the person that's going 
light speed all the time. <laughs> so I need to like force myself to be like, okay. <laughs> well, and you know, when I saw the post, you know, I thought, okay, it's one of those stop and think for a minute, you know, think twice. Um, yeah. But what I've noticed over the last two weeks that I've seen that is during the week, I think of something that I'm like, you know what? I'm really thankful for that. And yeah. so the first week I posted because I had met with 42 of the students one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time. It's a half an hour for each. That was, that was, I was exhausted by the end of that week, but I was really like thankful that I actually got to do the intentional, genuinely talk to one-on-one each of them and say, where are you? What are you thinking? What's going on? You know, like start where they're, wherever they are coming from and begin there. And then let's have the conversation. And so I posted that. And then I think it was yesterday. I, I posted just, I was having conversations with people and people know me from different things. So someone knows me from the podcast and then someone knows me because I teach. And then someone knows me that I'm a career coach, but all of those people don't know that I do all of those things. And so I posted that and I said, you know, I'm really grateful that I get to do all of those things that I actually love to do. I, I love to do all those things that I'm doing on a daily basis and, and on a weekly basis. So you, you know, you planted that seed of what are you grateful for? It didn't all come out one day, but every week what I'm noticing is something hits me stronger than others. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I need to stop and show appreciation for that. So yeah. I have you to thank for that because I, yeah, that's, that's where that's, that's where that came from. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, the next one that you you're doing is very intentionally and, and you're just very genuine about it. You, you know, you're not salesy. And I think that that's really, that's what or how you, you stand out is it, it, there's no sales pitch whatsoever in anything that you really post. The next thing that you do is you're posting, tell us who you love, just mm-hmm. intentional networking. Yep. And I got to tell you, that's, a, that that's makes me stop because you have to really think, okay, now who do I know? And what do I appreciate about them the most? Yeah. It's not something that you can answer just very quickly on that one. No. And honestly, like, so I've been doing something similar to that. So it started out as connection train. Um, that's what I've did for the last like couple of years. And then I transitioned into just different, you know, business shout outs and personal shout outs. And I really want to get people in the habit. It's, it's actually like you're, you're catching on to what I'm doing because I'm planting <laughs> seeds about actual mindset of ripple effects without people realizing it. Um, and you don't realize the impacts of the intentionality that comes with who you actually spend time with and, you know, realizing that people are more than just what they do for a living. Like I say this at nauseum because it drives me insane that people don't look at people that way. Like on the personal side, they do, right? People get to know your favorite color, what your favorite movie is, like, because they're interested in you as a person, right? Even if it's a completely platonic relationship. But on the professional side, no one does that. There is zero conversation. Like, Karen, what's your favorite color? Like, does anyone ever ask you that? No, no one asks you those things. And I'm like, why, why are we, why is this any different? Because you're not trying to like, get with that person. I've literally compared bad networkers, which is a lot of people to dating. 
or you're, you're just trying to get in bed with somebody. That's it. That's your motivation. It's a sale. That's your end result, right? Not necessarily going home with somebody, but it's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. Head down number, 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 right? It's a numbers game. It's not a numbers game. The numbers game is wrong. You shouldn't be calling people out the wazoo to get one or two clients. You should be talking to people and saying, okay, How about I spend time and get 20 people talking about me? Because now those 20 people, if everybody talks to two people, 20 times two is 40. Like (laughs) it replicates and ripples so much faster. And I'm like, why wouldn't you do it that way? Well, it, I mean, it really is. I've been listening and, and like watching what you're doing and, and I'm, you know, maybe you are changing my mindset, which is what, where we want to go with this. Um, because like, I, like, I don't, I don't sell like, so, so what I posted yesterday with all the things that I do, I actually copied it and sent it to my sister first. And I said, does this sound too boastful? Cause I don't want, I'm not, that's not my intention, yeah. but I want people to know that I, I'm more than just the one thing they know me of. Right. I'm more than that. And I, I do a lot of different things. And so, and so she, you know, sent it back and said, no, it's not possible at all. So, um, so, you know, trying to be intentional about the things that I'm posting so that I don't come off the wrong way, yeah. um, which, which is a nice kind of segue into what I want to talk about now with you is because the reason why I wanted to talk to you was it feels as like your, your shift in your mindset has changed over the course of, of a few years. And it, it just seems like you are coming from just like a really happy, positive headspace right yeah. now. And in your energy about doing stuff is very, you know, uplifting. You, you're, I'm sure when you're working with your teams, they probably feel that same way, but do you think, is that an accurate description of what I'm seeing through yeah. social media? Yeah. I mean, I would say like, um, you know, for those who followed my journey longer than, you know, like ripple effects has been around. Right. Um, I had a lot of things I had to grow through, right. You know, having a lot of really tragic things happen at once causes you to go one of two directions. You're either going to grow or you're going to stay at the same spot. Right. And I actually, I actually wrote an article about, um, I think it wasn't long after things started to kind of happen it was about breaking glow sticks and it was just kind of an analogy that I kind of came up with in it in a conversation with somebody else about how things happen to you, right? Everything happens to everybody, good, bad, and different. And I literally have a very visual person. So I was like, it's like glow sticks breaking your brain and you can either cause, you can either use the glow to do something else or you just let it kind of go out. And no one really thinks about things that happen to them as opportunity, right? Like I'm not saying my divorce was an opportunity, but it was because it allowed me to get out of a relationship I shouldn't have been in, um, but I was, and a relationship that was very toxic. And unfortunately, someone else had to get involved for me to be like, okay, I'm out, right? It wasn't that simple, but you get the point, right? And it was a massive silver lining because not only because of the person that I got to meet after, and even the trials of you know, getting back into dating again and all that other stuff. Right. But all of the things I learned in the process, either about myself, how I talk to people, how I react to things, how I'm, you know, as a spouse or, you know, as a, as a mom or as a friend, 
Um, you know, things that bothered me three years ago don't bother me now because I'm like, okay, well, why am I spending energy on this? Why am I putting effort into this? Right. And just seeing things completely different. Um, that was like the biggest shift for me and, and, and having Hillary Maydahl as my energy coach, I highly <laughs> recommend her. She saved my life many times. Um, but, but again, like I needed that external perspective. I had multiple coaches throughout the last couple of years to be like, okay, well, you want to go from here to here? Well, it's only you that's stopping you. So what you waiting for? But it's really hard when somebody says that and then not knowing it's like, okay, great. I'm, I'm the one stopping myself, but like, what exactly is it that I'm doing? <laughs> right. Right. What, what, what am I doing? Right. And yeah. you know, a lot of it, I realized, like you talk about like the happiness thing. And I would say most people would say like, if they've met me, they know I'm like a really happy bubbly person, but there's this, these internal demons that I've always had to deal with because I'm very hard on myself. I am mm-hmm. very hyper overcritical of myself to the point of like, I, it's hard to get out sometimes. Like I've had to learn how to not do that anymore, not lock myself in this rabbit hole that this happened because of this and this tech person I am. And I deserve this because of this, this, and this, right. Um, it's exhausting. There's a lot of effort that goes into managing that. Right. Yes. And it took me a while to get through that. And I think some of it was because of being in an abusive relationship, but, um, and an abusive job, honestly. Um, so, you know, being able to get away from that and recognize those things. Okay. Well, now I know how that feels. Now I know what to recognize. Now I know how to manage those things. doesn't mean I don't have PTSD because I still do hundred percent. Um, but I can manage it much better. And it allows me to bring other things of what I would consider light into my life that brings me energy rather than me exhausting it all the time. So happiness is much easier. It doesn't mean like, you know, there's other complications, obviously. <laughs> building business. Uh, you can't you know, be happy all the time. You can't be happy but- all the time. But I would say like, yeah, that transformation was super huge for me. I mean, I think I grew like, like it was a very massive jump. Like it was, you know, from here to like, oh my God, I'm off the page now. And even looking back, I'm like, wow, I didn't think there was a lot of room, but apparently I was missing out on a lot of different things. Um, and just, you know, leaving some things behind and I've written, you know, some stuff about like, you know, my divorce and just like the car I traded in and just all these other things that I got to close. I got to have closure on all these little pieces that added up Mm. to this massive weight that I had to carry around for so long that I didn't know existed. And I even had people that are like, did you lose weight? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Different. I'm like, I don't know. You know, it, and it was just interesting, right? Like other people's perspective of how they see you yeah, feel your energy and your presence was super impactful for me because, you know, I've had a lot of people respond very positively to. Yeah. Like, well, so when, when you're in the thick of it, you didn't see that you needed as much mind shift as you found out that you did, but did you find like it was like a stepping stone, you, you, you take one step and, and it gives you more motivation and inspiration to take the next step. And then pretty soon you look back and you've taken many steps. Like, is that, I, I would say it was definitely, there was some momentum related, but I noticed, um, I actually felt myself getting to walls actually. Hmm. So whether it was, I was with certain coaches or like a counselor or like therapists or something like that, especially during the massive multiple tragedies at once. And I remember being like, I know I need to get out of this and I need to move 
forward, but I'm stuck. And this person isn't helping me, but I have the self-awareness to know I need to seek alternatives. And that that's something that I'm, I'm super grateful for. Like my self-awareness is like kind of too much to be honest with you. Like, I feel like I I have a full awareness of a lot of things that other people will never see. Um, I would consider myself very OCD and like perfectionist and process oriented. And I see things like people just don't see. And that's very hard to deal with because I see a lot of like an error or like, that's not correct. Or like all of these things. And I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't fix it. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. Right. I, I feel like that's the engineer side of, of me. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely, there was definitely some certain points. Like when I started coaching with Hillary, which was, it'll be four years this October. Um, at the time that I started working with her, I was pretty much at my end. I was Mm. like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how else to get out of this whole funk. I just feel like I'm a mess all the time. I can't focus on anything. I want to be a good mom and have a career. I don't want these things to tie me down. I just don't know how to let them go. I don't know how to give myself permission to do that. So between working with her, whatever energy stuff, this magic voodoo that she does is amazing because that is literally how I've been able to make these jumps because just almost like someone else just saying, just let it go. Like, I know I need to do that, but sometimes you just need someone else who's unemotional to be like, here's the thing you need to do, do these two things. And that's it. Wow. In two weeks. Right. And it sounds so simple, but like, it's not that simple. Sometimes you have a type A person who's very articulate, very process driven, very, very motivated. And sometimes certain things hang us up and it could be the difference between success and not success or delayed time. And I know like some of the transitions for me was, was for my kid. I didn't want my daughter to think that this was okay. I didn't want my daughter to think that the, any of these things that happened that are really shitty are going to cause me to not move forward and do things and be successful and be the mom that I can be to her. So that was the, the additional motivation. I'm like, okay, I know I'm stuck. I do this for my kid, but I'm going to do it for myself so that she, she I can show up the best I can for her too. Cause you got to play all those roles. Right. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, that, that transformation, it was definitely, you know, slow at first. And then I had a couple like big breakthroughs at a time. And then there was, you know, I also like peeling the layers off an onion, right? Yeah. Onions like a weird analogy, but that's kind of what it felt like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Peeling whatever layers off something that ended up being really cool. Um, And then now it's more of like a maintenance thing. Cause I still feel like I get stuck sometimes, but it's a temporary type stuck. Like I just like, oh, I I can't quite figure this out or I don't like not knowing things. So directionally, I might be challenged with something temporarily, but now I'm like, okay, well, I'll come back to it later or I'll I'll call Hillary or, hey, I'll call some some other connections that I have and kind of work through it with them. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good now. Like it's it's far different to manage than it was four years ago. So like what advice would you give somebody who, who is kind of stuck and has never gone through that to begin with. So they don't know what that feeling is going to feel like that on the other side, We're, you know, how do you, how do you direct them to start? Well, if they know that they're stuck, there's step one, they have the self-awareness to know that they're not going anywhere and going anywhere means like, whether it's an emotional level, a social level, 
your bank account, like your business, your relationship is stagnant. Like you need to make a change in order for a change to happen. So as long as somebody is already acknowledging that, right? Okay, that's step one. Step two would be to start having conversations with people about, you may not know why you're stuck. There may be symptoms of your stuckedness. <laughs> there may be symptoms and it may be other causes, right? So it's almost like a, a domino effect. And we're very um, blind to things that happen to us because they happen to us. And we see ourselves every day and we may not realize these things that have been piling up that we just haven't been managing. Yeah. And I realized that myself, when I started seeing Hillary for energy work, I had a buildup of energy. It took her longer to go through things because I had never had this done before whether you believe that's true or not, doesn't matter, but like, that's how it worked for me. Whether that was a placebo effect doesn't matter. It's, it's free and clear now. Right. So I would tell those people that they need to reach out to their network. They need to, you know, literally write down what, where do you feel stuck right now? And why do you think you feel stuck? You might know the answer, but you may not know how to get out. So with that answer, or even just knowing why you're stuck. I feel stuck in my job. Let's say that's an example. <clears throat> I would say, okay, you need to reach out to people who can help connect you to career coaches um, or people that can help you transition or figure out what it is you're interested in doing. Like just simply having a conversation, should you go back to school? Can you afford to go back to school? You know, does that work with your time? What are you interested in doing? Why are you unhappy? Why do you feel stuck? Right. And, and kind of diving down deeper yeah. into those things. They're going to have to be willing to do that though. They're going to, I, I think in order to make these massive changes, you have to be willing to get dirty. You have to be willing to kind of show your underbelly and be like, I don't really care who sees this. I don't really care who knows about it. I just need to make sure that once I have this exposure, I can learn from whatever it is that I haven't figured out yet. And then it gives me momentum to go to the next place. Cause you're going to have momentarily momentary pieces in your life that are going to cause exposure. So acknowledging that in advance, there's going to be times where I'm super vulnerable, but I don't want to stay that way. I just need to stay that way in order to find that tweak so I can move on from there. Right. And, and I think too, you need to go back to what you said, creating that network around you, Yeah. but, but being intentional about who those people are and and they will, they're the, that group is the group that's going to help you get through this particular mindset change. I mean, I mean, think about it, right? Like I know the people that I can call if I needed something. I mean, it happened when I got divorced, honestly. I had people within ripple effects that were like, hey, do you need a place to stay? Wow. I was floored. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, wow. yeah, do you need a place to stay? I know you said you were moving and you're having a hard time. Like, if you need a place to stay, you and your daughter can come here. And I was like, <laughs> that's so amazing. Like, it is. And it, it honestly gave me like a confidence that I didn't know I had because I'm like, you know what? Like I'm lucky my family isn't that far away, but like, let's say it wasn't. What what if people that moved here because of a job and something happened, right? Yep. Just knowing that you have these resources and you have people right behind you is huge. It's almost like you can take a risk and it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if I fail. There's people there that'll still be there. Right. Yeah. If they're not, they're not the right people. So yeah, I, I, can't, I can't tell you. Having a strong network is so beneficial it's more than just professional. Like it builds your level of confidence. It eliminates a lot of fog in your brain because you don't know where you're going in three years. People network because they only see the short-term benefits. It's going to get me a sale. If you look beyond that, you're going to see that it builds opportunity. 
It leverages other people's resources that you can actually use. Like you have other people doing your, your, your bidding for you, like sending you potential clients and connections. Like how much time is that going to save you? Especially if you're spending hours a day doing like cold call. And you're building friendships. Um, and, And so, and I find as you get older, that can also be harder when your kids are younger, your, your friendships tend to be their friends, friends, and and that kind of builds there. But as you start to grow older and your kids start to go on their own, you don't, you don't meet their parents anymore, (laughs) you know, and you've got to start to figure out who your friends are, who can you call? And if you don't have those people, um, that would be also a really great step. Right. Is, is to look at your network. And so network doesn't always have to be network for work. No. And I think that's the, sh- that's the mind shift right there is yeah. your, your network is, is your network of people that can support you, whether it's work or personal. Yep. Literally our, our slogan, well, our old slogan was network to get work, but we've since changed it. it we are a networking support platform because it is more than just getting work. Like you just said, you literally yeah. just said it. And I trying to explain that to people blows their minds because they're like, well, I thought it was just for this thing. And I'm like, no, this is more like, you don't understand the power of connections. And literally the ripple effect is what happens when you're doing this the right way, when you're actually having these really quality conversations, like you don't even talk about what you do because you're so intrigued by what the person or who the person is or whatever side conversation. Yeah. About. Like, I had a 20 minute conversation with somebody from the UK about peanut butter and I wrote <laughs> about it because it was so fascinating and funny. And like, he'll forever have like a place in my brain because of the fact that we had a completely unrelated conversation about peanut butter of all things. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I would love to see a Rolodex because you'd have to bring it in in a wheelbarrow. I can't imagine how yes. you, and you'd have to be a very organized person to keep it all straight. Well, the number of people, you know, I used to have, I used to actually have everyone's business cards laid out. I used to have it in a spreadsheet and I stopped doing all of that. You know what I do instead? No, Uh, I rely on other people to put effort into our relationship. So Uh mine the most are the people that come front of mind most often. And it could be something as simple as they like my post, they comment on a post, they share something with me, they send a person my way. They invite me to an event. They just say hello. They just check in. That's all I need. Literally. I literally, at a drop of a hat, I can recall hundreds of people. But the people that I recall the most are the ones that take the time and effort. You don't need to keep track of people. You can have a CRM all you want, but the relationship is the most powerful thing. And I know, like if somebody says, hey, do you know someone that does and handles credit? Hold on a second. (laughs) Go through my phone. I'm like, ah. Uh, <laughs> on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, there's this other woman I just found. Okay, great. I'll, I'll. Here's the people, right? And if I don't know, I know someone who does. So, yeah. you know, it makes my life easier. But trying to keep track of everybody and what they do, people change stuff all the time. I'd rather just know the person. That that's why I tell people, I'm like, stop getting hung up, hung up on what somebody does for a living because it may not be what they're doing forever. Absolutely. Like us, they might do multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. And they're constantly changing. It's so funny. The other day I got a text that, and it said, it was from a friend. It just said, how are you? And I said, fine. Why? <laughs> like what's, what's wrong? Is there something supposed to be wrong? Yeah. But it, it's though, it's those kinds of people that are just, you know, just all of a sudden just send you something to check in. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to, I don't want to go morbid here. Um, and you know, our half an hour has turned into over an hour, but that's, that's because I know what. we have a lot of things to talk about, but, but how have you ever thought about your legacy? Like, how do you want people to remember you all the time? It literally, I literally think about my legacy all the time. Literally. It was why I left the car business because I wanted to make sure that, um, I left a legacy that I was proud of and that it was something that like, I'm not saying I want, you know, millions of people to show up to my funeral, but like, I want to leave something behind that's tangible. This is tangible, right? Because it literally can ripple through every decade, right? Just teaching a few people how to do this over a period of time is going to continue. It's going to continue beyond when I'm in the workforce, right? Yeah. And it's it's turned into its own thing, right? And it's super cool to watch. It's super cool to see how far it goes. Um, and I love like what it's done for people so far. And I look forward to what it's going to do in the next 30, 40, 50 years. Well, the next generation. So you're, you're really yeah. starting to focus on the next generation. Yeah. So, so speaking of the next generation, like what, what three pieces of advice could you offer our listeners on how to begin the process of shifting their mindset? So there might be students out there who really are in that place where they don't know what they want to do next. Um, yeah. There might be people out there listening who hate what they're doing right now and they're stuck. And so you know, we're talking to kinds of, you know, different kinds of groups of people here, but what types of advice would you, would you give them? Um, so I would tell people that they need to start networking. So I don't care what you're stuck in networking solves everything because it gives you access to resources, people, and skills and experience. You don't get that anywhere else. You don't get that sitting at home. And I don't care if you do things virtually, like you need to be networking. And I even tell people, you don't have a job. You should be networking. Like join groups that are free or see if somebody will give you a break for three months um, until you yeah. find a job because it's, it's just going to give you access to things. You're a college student. You're going to get access to things. You're, you're a stay-at-home mom. You're going to get access to things. Like I don't care who you are, what you do, where you're at in your life. You should always be networking and it shouldn't be something that you do for a little bit and you stop because the day that you stop is the day that people stop remembering you. Yeah. There's a reason why McDonald's still markets. There's a reason why you should be doing it on a consistent basis. I don't care who you are, where you're at. I don't care if you're at the end of your career. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're going to be doing in three years or what you're going to be interested in. And you might need access to resources rather than trying to figure it out. Have other people help you do it. It's just way easier. Using the masses is way more efficient. I I totally agree with that. And I, I actually like talk to students now and tell them just because you get that first job or that, you know, that first spot doesn't mean you stop. You don't stop your network because, because, you know, in my parents' generation, they would be in a job for 20, 30, 40 years. And nowadays it is every couple to, you know, two to three years that you're changing. And if yep. you have to recreate that every single time, uh, that's exhausting. And, right. and so, yeah, I absolutely agree. Any, any other advice that you would give somebody for changing their mindset? Um, I mean, changing the mindset piece is hard, but I would say, um, stop looking at people as a one and done and start looking at people as an opportunity. 
literally it'll change your, it changes everything. If you literally stop with the sales thing, and this applies personally to you, you just, you know, you don't know who people know. You don't know what someone is going to do for you. You don't know if they're in your life temporarily or long-term or middle-term. Like you just don't know. Stop closing doors to opportunities you didn't know were going to come your way. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. They're not dollar signs. They're human beings. They're human beings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're more likely to buy from you if they know, like, and trust you. Right. Like it's so easy. Like I don't, I like the fact that I don't have to sell myself. Yep. All right. And one more, you got one more in you. One more, <laughs> one more, one more piece of advice that you could give, say a student just starting out um, in college, ready to graduate in May, which is right around the corner. Um, has a couple of internships, you know, on their resume, not exactly sure what they want to land in. What kind of, what would you tell them to do? Um, I would tell them to test things out. So, I mean, obviously networking, but like, okay, based on what they're interested in, interested in, can they meet with professionals who can connect them accordingly? And give them an idea of what a day in the life is. Like, can they go and check out that place of work? Can they go behind the scenes and see what it's really like? Like, I almost feel like everybody needs reality checks because perception is one lane. So be able to go on a ride along or like any of these types of situations. Shadow day. Like, yeah, shadow day. Because intern is, is great, but I think... Um, you know, you may not get into an internship program for certain businesses or, or jobs. So I think it's important to be able to kind of try those out and, and hear what it's really like, like, oh, you want to be in sales. You want to sell cars for a living. Okay. Well, if you actually talk to somebody and know what it's like, what are your hours? Like, what is, what is like the mentality? How do you feel at the end of the day? Do you feel like a worthless, like POS or yeah. like, like what you do. Right. And I think those are things that are really important to get the reality check of those things from different people in those businesses, because they might be like really set on working in one career and then be like, okay, well maybe this is it for me because it doesn't work with my personality. Yep. Absolutely. All great advice as usual. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for all this time, really. I, I've had a great conversation. I, I think we um, we have a lot of common, you know, aspirations to help other people figure out what they want to do. And um, so thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on again. I'm, I'm really glad that we got to circle back and hopefully this one makes top 10 or whatever. <laughs> I know. Well, we got to, we got to beat out my uh, grandmother-in-law and I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a tough one. She's, she's still rocking it. Yeah. So, um, but, but thank you again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening to Sharp HR Career Corner. If you know someone right now that hates their job, but doesn't know what their next move should be, just have them visit our website, sharphumanresources-buffalo.com. We can help them figure out their next career move. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world and it starts with you and I. So thanks again for listening and have a great day.